Welcome to the Tech.eu podcast, where we discuss some of the most interesting stories in European tech today. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and uh, thanks for tuning in to another interview for Tech.eu. Uh, I'm joined here remotely, of course, as per usual, uh, by Matthias Wikström. He is the co-founder and CEO of a Swedish company called Doconomy, which I've seen described as a climate tech company and a fintech company. But in reality, it's sort of both of those, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think when we set out uh, four years ago, the space didn't exist at all. So not only have we been delivering on the products and services we made, but also defined the category, I would say. And now it's a, it's a set kind of definitions. And I think that's a good thing. You know, it, it shows that the world is progressing. I call it climate fintech. It doesn't really matter what you call it as long as you're surrounded by talent that want to get things done in order to to achieve a net zero uh, future. You're absolutely right. And Matthias, thank you again for uh, taking the time to join us. Uh, maybe take us back to the early days, because I, I think the company was founded back in 2018. That's five years ago. So maybe just take us back to the early days. Why was the company founded in the first place? Uh, sure, Robin, I'd love to. We, uh, me and my co-founder, Johan Peel, has been working together for almost 25 years in service design and brand strategy and working together on a project for the Bank of Åland. We developed the, the capability to calculate the carbon intensity score transaction for transaction. This was back in 2015, 2016. So it was very early days. Um, and that methodology became a great success for the bank. And the bank also understood that the idea was potentially larger than the geographies that they served. They were uh, working in, in Finland, mainland Finland, Åland Islands and Sweden. So in 2018, supported by that bank and a few others, we uh, set up a company around this methodology and created a scalable business model. And today we are servicing almost 100 banks on global level, providing them with opportunity to calculate a carbon intensity score transaction for transaction. Great. Uh, are you targeting banks in particular, or is it mostly financial services industry as a whole? That's a good question. I think it's every, anyone who deals with transactions on this this service. We have a few others, but the the carbon and the freshwater intensity scoring, making every transaction count in both planetary metrics and traditional monetary metrics, is primarily driven by players that provide transactions, but over time that has changed, right? So I'm sure you've seen too, Robin, that telcos, power companies, everyone is moving into a space where they have a big user base, but very little dialogue. Uh, a few of them are using transactions to, to further uh, deepen that relationship. But primarily, yes, banks and financial service providers, absolutely. Great. Um, you talked a little bit about the transaction-based uh, carbon footprint calculator that you've developed uh, that is still the core of your uh, service today. Um, can you uh, elaborate a little bit on it? What, what does it? What's the business model behind it? And how uh, will it evolve in the next few years as you continue to build the company? Yeah, so basically it's an API. So the business model is based on banks sending us information to calculate the carbon score transaction by transaction without disclosing any personal information, of course, being mindful of integrity of the end user. So we calculate using what is already in the transaction data, the merchant category, the merchant ID, the amount spent. And then we calculate according to our methodology, a CO2 uh, emissions weight 
corresponding with your spend in that purchase. So basically, it's your individual representation in the carbon footprint of the of the business category that you're doing that you're consuming with. What we see is that's a very powerful way to get to the many very short term, utilizing the efficiencies of the financial services, uh, working together with banks, uh, 35 countries, I think, today, but also working together with uh, paytech companies like MasterCard to utilize the trusted network that they have built and enable transactions to carry not only um, damage done on your personal finances from shopping or spending money, but but also uh, educating everyone around the environmental effect of your behavior and your purchase decisions. At the end of the day, I think this comes down to making everyone understand and becoming more mindful around their choices, uh, seeing that every action has a reaction. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you mentioned the met methodology um, without going maybe in too deep uh, dictum technical details, but I'd love to know a little bit more about uh, what this methodology is. And also, I'm guessing it's become more sophisticated over the past five years. Um, did you get it to the point where you're happy or is it still a work in progress? <laughs> I'm never happy, <laughs> I think. It's a good answer. I think, I think the only thing that gets you out of bed in the morning is understanding that the progress made is, is, is only a starting point for the progress that needs to be done. So there is much more ground to cover, much more partnerships to, to utilize and to support. When we started, we created the Åland Index. We, we named the methodology the Åland Index uh, in honor of the Bank of Åland and the origin of the Åland Islands in the middle of the Baltic Sea. Um, when we started it, we were working with Thomson Reuters, Sustainalytics and KPMG, uh, getting this off the ground. Over time, we have increased the data sets, the quality, the, the updates and uh, the investor grade um, uh, quality of the data, working with Standard & Poor, True Cost, uh, having our methodology third party vetted by EY. Everything in investing in providing the best in class data at the fingertips of the consumer. So basically data that is utilized in, in banking today for multi-million dollar decisions are put at use uh, in everyday consumption at, at checkout. So we started with CO2 and over time, just uh, two years ago on Ocean's Day, we launched the water component. I, I sometimes call it our surf and turf because uh, in many parts of the world, direct and safe access to fresh water is more of a tangible challenge. And the water intensity's corporate transaction can also be presented. And those data sets are, are becoming more and more precise. Um, the reason for doing that out of my private perspective is I love the ocean. And, and ocean is where I go for, for uh, uh, a peace of mind, if you will. So I felt it was important to me personally to do something to illustrate that we need to take care of, of the ocean as well. But the overarching ambition was to show everyone that this challenge is interconnected. It's not only about the carbon tunnel vision, it's also about other impact challenges uh, that constitutes a, a tapestry, if you will, of different challenges that are interconnected, looking at biodiversity and, and beyond. So uh, as data sets become more reliable and the integrity in the data is more resilient, we will see impact factors continue to expand. 
there is no one. I mean, when we set out, there was no one doing this. Now there is uh, a few competitors, and I love them for for competing with us. And but they're only on CO two so far. So I'm hoping that they will also expand uh, in this effort to educate the many around the interconnectivity of the crisis. Yeah, yeah. Surely there's a a big market for uh, for multiple competitors to operate in this space. The challenge is quite large, right? It's not like we're going to resolve the climate crisis on our own ticket. Partnership and innovation has always been at core for the economy. So, yeah, yeah. I was also thinking about timing because you launched in 2018. Uh, the company since then, of course, things have happened uh, outside of your control. Corona crisis, of course, but also the war and the resulting energy crisis. A lot more emphasis, emphasis on climate and impact. Uh, than was previously the case. So do you think you got the timing right that you, that you launched just in time? Um, well, you're referencing two macro um, topics that we couldn't really foresee and that I think is, is, is horrible in its own right. Uh, the, the, cri the, 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 the war on, on Ukraine, of course, being particularly uh, horrible and, and, and long in the, in the pandemic also Uh, striking many people, people around the world suffering tremendously. Um, so if that has accelerated our business, um, the, the corona crisis made us more well distributed. You know, we could hire people anywhere. Everything went digital. And I'm sure, Robin, you saw this as well. You know, uh, now being hybrid is, is, is not the new normal anymore. It's, it's almost like the normal. Um, but it did present people with understanding that we can act as a collective, we can act on a crisis that is at our footstep. The problem then with the climate crisis, connecting that to the capabilities that we show and the resilience that we show in facing the corona crisis is that it's so distant that we don't really bend the room, talking about Einstein trying to travel in time in order to understand the consequences tomorrow of the actions we do today. In regard of, the, of the, the war in Ukraine, I would say that we see a lot of interest in well-distributed renewable energy sources for obvious reasons. Um, and the, the side effect of that, the positive side effect of that is that a lot of people are looking at, so how can we reduce our uh, dependencies on energy to begin with? How can we become less, less energy demanding and consuming to begin with? So, agree there has been some positive consequences but i think it's still it's still a long way to go looking at the ipcc reports coming out you know regularly illustrating the challenges that we're facing and simply we're not acting on it fast enough we can have all the data and we can have all the tech in the world but without language in comparable uh, kpis and without leadership implementing regulatory measures Uh, the data and tech alone will not solve this problem, no matter how good the economy are. Yeah, no, uh, understood. And also makes your mission more uh, clear, I think, uh, at present. Um, you've also made an acquisition quite recently, uh, Dreams Technology, also based in Sweden. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Uh, what was it and why was the acquisition made? Yes, I love it. It's a group of super talented people coming from Dreams Tech, working over the years with... Um, behavioral economics driven engagement banking services in order to help people become more financially resilient, building on, on behavioral um, financial health, bridging into financial well-being. Uh, for us, 
uh, what does that have to do with with the the e side of ESG, the environmental side? What does the social component have with it? Everything, I would say, because we need to bridge the the intention action gap or the value action gap in getting people to not only understand what needs to be done, but also do it not only once or twice, but repeatedly over time. And nudging and hyper nudging is absolutely a part of that. And a sense of control uh, coming from financial well-being, understanding that I'm in such control of my own situation that I can also take greater care of the collective situation looking at the environment. Dreamtech market leader have been doing this for years and built a substantial base of users. Uh, they split the company up, uh, selling off um, the consumer-facing side to BNP Paribas in the Nordics, and we acquired the tech and the talent side uh, with the ambition to enable any bank to do the same thing. Behavioral science is going to be instrumental in making engagement accelerate the transition. So I'm very, very proud of that. I'm very happy about it. I did completely underestimate the challenges of integration. They're brilliant and there is no, all the good intentions, but it's still difficult, you know, it's, uh, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, but it does sound like a perfect fit, uh, at least in terms of services and business. Um, do you foresee making more acquisitions down the line or is it a one-off opportunistic move? No, I think we we uh, we definitely are looking at more acquisitions and M&A strategy is part of our of our growth strategy going forward. The macro environment today is very hard. There's a lot of great teams out there. There's a lot of good talent and good ideas out there, but funding is difficult and uh, getting the right funding on board now is more difficult than ever, I would say. We are blessed with being the market leader having solid KPIs and 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 uh, metrics that I think resonates well with the investor community. And at times of uncertainty, you tend to go for the market leader, the proven track record, uh, the ARR numbers that make sense. Um, so I think it's not only our opportunity to, to look at M&A, it's also our responsibility to make sure that some of the ideas out there don't get lost uh, just because of the macro financial situation right now. It's going to turn. Uh, investors today understanding that is looking uh, in every direction to find what's investable because they know that when their market, and I call it their market because it is, it is uh, to some extent uh, driven by other factors, uh, this will take off again. And we don't have the time to wait. We don't have the time to sit around and, and wait for venture capital to think the climate crisis is worthy addressing. We need to find the champions in venture capital that alongside with us will address this issue. And that's been our strategy all along. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, I looked at your, your funding uh, history. I think you've raised close to $20 million to date, which relatively speaking is, is not a lot. You're also in that, that space, like the Series A um, value of that, as we call it these days, especially now that times are so tough. Um, you said you have interest and, and, and connections with, with the venture capital industry. Um, is there another round coming? Is it proven more difficult than you imagined? Uh, do you need more money in the first place? So I think you should be self-sufficient. Uh, funding rounds doesn't carry value in its own right. Uh, if you're going to go out to the market and ask for capital, you better have a good reason to do so. 
in our case, I think we will. Uh, we see great success in a few geographies where we need to set up and have people on the ground in order to take care of the opportunities we create with the big banks going to market with our service in order to better take care of, of all of the long tail. So that's one part. Uh, the second part is the product development, looking at what we're doing, merging uh, behavioral science with climate action and laying the grounds for the climate action economy, basically enabling everyone to contribute. That is also going to be a bit of an investment, not as solid as the geography, geographical expansion. But then coming back to your point, M&A. So I think a lot of this is out there looking at companies that they might perceive to be of higher risk to them, but to us makes perfect sense. Uh, using the economy as a platform for doing those investments, I think there's basic uh, rationale around that makes sense. So uh, uh, what we're looking to do now is a very discreet round uh, during Q3 or get it kicking it off in Q3 and it takes always longer than you anticipate. I would like to see it wrapped up in Q3, but we have a few really, really interesting players of high integrity and good track record that we are looking at. And you can almost think that's a VC talking about an investment but it works both ways. It's also uh, an investable company talking about the different VCs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of your investors, I believe, is MasterCard. You've already mentioned them. They're a partner. Uh, they're helping you expand to more countries. Uh, how did it part this partnership or this relationship start, and how has it evolved since then? MasterCard has been instrumental in um, educating us on, on how what kind of expectations that a global leader uh, have on companies of, of our origin and ambition. So for that, I think MasterCard has, uh, I'm grateful for that. MasterCard has done a great job. We have been already since start well anchored with, with top level in, in the management, understanding the greater perspective, the greater responsibilities. They, they are representing one of the largest networks of trust in the world. You know, we're trusting MasterCard to ship our money across the world, and we're connecting educational topics in shipping impact on the same rails. I think that makes perfect sense. It started in the Nordics, it took off in Europe, and now we're on global level. And I think one of my, one of my, this I have to send to my mother moments was when Adjay Banga was nominated uh, as president of the World Bank and Washington Post referenced economy as one of the credentials for his um, for his candidate uh, that was also a testament to me on how um, committed mastercard uh, are to the esg ambitions looking at what they're doing with the economy but also outside of the economy like the priceless planet coalition and beyond great fantastic uh, matthias where where do you see the economy in let's say three years from now Three years or where do you now, hope to see the company in three years? Three years from now, we are infrastructure. Uh, we are part of every transaction. We are assisting everyone with comparability on impact. And we are the metric that is an underlying factor for KPI set in regard of mindful consumption, um, sustainable forward-looking investments. And this is all on the retail space. Obviously, there is also opportunity in the SME space, and we are heavily courted in, in entering into that space, and we have explored opportunities. So 
I think the SME market also need to be able to address this opportunity, both out of a procurement perspective and an import-export perspective, because one of my concerns is that we set sustainability as a as a um, problem in dividing the north and south further. I think sustainability is a po topic that should really build bridges. And I think comparability and data and transparency are the best bridges to build. Super interesting. And I really like the ambitious vision that you have. Um, does being in Sweden help with that ambition? Of course, it's one of the top four or five countries in Europe when it comes to tech. But uh, how do you rate the ecosystem there? Talent is tremendous. I think we've been helped by front runners like Skype, Klarna, uh, Spotify, uh, getting it done uh, in a way that has shaped a talent pool that we now benefit from. So all hats off to that. Um, I think we have a great understanding and we're blessed with opportunity to have a very amazing nature around the corner that we'd like to protect. It's, it's, it's intertwined into our DNA. We were early on in, um, in internet uh, distribution and adaptability to, to digitalization has been very rapid. And now we're looking at the next frontier in sustainability session. And I think we have lots of companies coming out of Sweden looking at uh, Climate View, Milky Wire, looking at what they're doing in the hardware with, with Ainride, Northvolt and, and more. So. Um, I'm very much inspired by the leaders of these companies. They're daring to go where not many people have gone before in the sustainability space. And I also think that we're, or I feel that we're receiving a lot of support. On a, poli on a, on a political level, I, recent, in recent days, I think we're walking with our ass towards the future. But <laughs> that's, um, that's uh, unfortunate and maybe it's just an educational topic. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you on the evolution of the ecosystem that has been absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, also showcases that a small country can really make a difference uh, as long as you have sort of the support system and the ambitious entrepreneurs uh, that Sweden has already proven to have. Uh, so on that note, Matthias, I wish you all the best with the economy. Uh, great uh, story that you're writing. Uh, and I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you, Thank you Robin. Thank you for your support. Thank you.